0: Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share episode number 78 of our podcast with you. You're going to hear from Coach Toby Trotter. Toby is currently the defensive coordinator at Hendricks College in Conway, Arkansas. He's married to Carrie. They have three incredible kids. He's just a strong man of character, strong man of God, loves the Lord, passion for the gospel, and shining the light of Jesus and through his, his coaching profession. And also, you're going to hear... A little bit about his wife is in ministry as well as a as a speaker and, and writer. So I just cannot wait for you to hear from Toby. So let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Coach Trotter.
1: Absolutely, I'm honored to be here and excited uh, to just spend some time with you. And man, this podcast is incredible and it's such a such a ministry. So thanks for doing
0: it. You bet. I always like to start off each one with just some uh, background information so listeners. Kind of get a little bit of an idea of who you are. Um, so just tell us a little about yourself, maybe where you grew up, your family growing up, and a little bit about your family today. Yeah, absolutely. I uh,
1: I grew up. I was born in Oklahoma City, so I grew up in Oklahoma City, and then uh, for a time in Shawnee, Oklahoma, where Oklahoma Baptist University is. But that was I grew up there. I uh, went to high school in um, Oklahoma City at Westmore High School, and then um, I did go uh, to college at Oklahoma Baptist University. I've um, Let's see, my wife, uh, Carrie, she's from Moore, so she went to the rival high school, and her dad's a baseball coach there for a long time, over 35 years, and then he's still coaching baseball. But um, So we're all kind of from that area, and um, she went to Oklahoma State. And um, then I've coached um, in Oklahoma. I've coached in Texas. I've coached in Louisiana and coached in Arkansas, so uh, all four states. And we have three children. We have uh, Kate, who's 13. Um, Ainsley, who's eleven, and Shelby Kate, who is eight.
0: And wow. uh, we
1: have, yeah, so we have uh also, yeah, we've moved six times in sixteen years of being married and uh been different places. And most recently, uh we moved here a year ago to accept the defense coordinator at Hendricks College, and before that, for four years, we were in uh in Highland Park and coached at Highland Park High School there for four years. And then before that we're a, a number of places
0: but most recently Southwest Oklahoma State
1: University in
0: Weatherford. That's awesome. So, did you grow up um in a family of faith and then at what point did you realize that you needed that personal relationship with Jesus?
1: Man, I was fortunate. Uh my parents uh my parents have been married 50 years um and they um they were incredible. I always grew up around the, I was in church I was a Baptist boy, so I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and and Wednesday night, and I was in BBS and I was going to Falls Creek in Oklahoma, and so that whole deal, but um, you know, I was raised in the Word, and so it was pretty natural fit for me, and then when I was nine, um, it was a, you know, it's just a testimony that uh, God kept me from a lot of different things, but uh, when I was nine years old, I came to know Christ in my home. My parents led me to Christ, and um, and was baptized when I was nine, and so just kind of grew up around the church and learned a lot, a lot after coming to know Christ, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, so I kind of had a, a semi early conversion experience. My wife was the same way, and then I was fortunate to uh, all three of my kids came to know Christ at a really early age. So they were they were all five years old when they came to know Christ independently. Mm-hmm. Was able to baptize them, and and um, so that was one of the the big. Accomplishes my life, so you know we just try to, uh just like we grew up in good homes with around the word that we just try to want to get our kids around the word and and um and that's kind of how it worked out for me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's very fortunate to to grow up in a home like that as well. And sometimes I think looking back, I probably took it for granted growing up yes. in, a, yes. in a house that was a strong foundation of faith. But it's also it's a reminder as a dad that that's what I need to be doing as well. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll uh, get back to faith in a minute. Let's talk a little bit about some sports. So you mentioned where all you've coached. So what point did you decide or why did you get into coaching? What led you to the coaching profession? That's kind of a, that's kind of an interesting
1: experience. Um, I did not actually go to college or study education. Uh, It was really not on my radar at all. And it's, it's kind of, always great to to understand that God has a an incredible plan that he he knows where you're going uh, more than you do and um so when I say I was called into coaching I literally was called into coaching so I was um I worked at Kennecuck in the summers between um you know college and obviously Oklahoma Baptist different circumstances I didn't go to play college football um uh, for some different reasons family and some different things like that but um uh, So I was at Oklahoma Baptist University, and then when I finished, um, I was uh, visiting a friend of mine at T-Bar M, which is another sports camp in New Texas, Mm -hmm. and I ran into a family there. It was a family camp, and I was standing on the porch talking. I had an Oklahoma football shirt on, just a random football shirt. It was 21 years or 22 years old. And I um, had no idea what I wanted to do after college, you know, just go get a job or whatever. I, I was a public relations major and a minor in religion. So uh kind of tossed some things around. But um, there was Marty Secord, who's now the head football coach at, at uh, Frisco Wakeland. He's been there for, I think, 13 years now. Um, but just is like a dad to me. And at the time, he was starting a program at Louisiana College. And um, he... Was just started talking to me, and you know Marty, he's a pretty spirit-led guy, and um, so we started talking. I did not know him more than five minutes, and blatant Marty, he just kind of popped out and said, "Well, Toby," he said, "It's nice meeting you. I just uh, feel like the Holy Spirit's asking me to ask you if you want to come be my wide receivers coach." <laughs> oh wow! Wow! And I was like, um, "Okay," and so anyway. I talked to him for about another fifteen minutes. He kind of told me about the job. I called my parents. I drove home back to Oklahoma, and I accepted the job. And my 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 dad literally dropped me off in Alexandria, Louisiana. About uh, two weeks later, and uh, the rest is history. So
0: that's uh, that's how I got that's how I got into coaching. Wow, you don't hear many stories quite like that. <laughs> Getting yeah, into coaching exactly. like that, where the Holy Spirit leads somebody just to just offer you a job—that's yep. awesome. And so I, I call I call Marty a lot
1: and tell him, you know, just cool stories about how God uses me to get other guys into coaching. Just recently um, got a young guy in the coaching over at Pleasant Grove in Texarkana, and, and uh, we'll just call Marty and every time just say, hey, look, man, I'll never forget, you know, how God used you to, to call me into coaching, and I obviously want to continue to do the same for other people. So
0: That's awesome. That's a cool testimony, and just a reminder that – you Know just stay in tune with the Holy Spirit,
1: yes, yes.
0: So try to do that
1: as much as you can,
0: yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you're at Hendrix now, you've you know, you've coached both college and high school. So, what's been what would you say is the biggest adjustment or challenge? Um, going from starting in college, going to high school, college, you know, kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit. That's a great question. Um, I think for me, uh, and I can only speak for
1: me, uh, you right. know, I was in. I was in Division Three to start out with when I coached with Coach Buchanan at Louisiana College and Marty. And then um, I was in Division Two for a long time at Southern Nazarene and then Southwestern Oklahoma State. Um, so with those places, you know, obviously you get in a rhythm of when you're in, in coaching college, recruiting is a huge aspect. And rec- recruiting is, is something either guys, either lo- they love to do or they hate. <laughs> There's no mm-hmm. really in between. And so uh, it's something I love to do. I uh, feel like that's, um, you know, a, again, a calling. It's it's It excites me always going to get guys and finding out how, you know, again, God directs you to different people and helps you help families get to a certain spot. And It's just a very rewarding process that I view. Um, but uh, I think the biggest difference for, for me and from going to college and high school is that college has a – it has a rhythm to it where – you have these little mini seasons and you go hard in those little mini seasons and then you can kind of put a, a bow on it and then go to something else. So there's a little bit more there's a little bit more change. So, you know, you, the season is the season, whether it's college, high school, pro. I mean, it's the season. Everybody knows that grind and everyone knows what that's about. But then you kind of put a bow on that and then you go into recruiting and that's a whole different thing. You're away from the kids. You kind of get a break from the, your, your players and then you go hard on recruiting. It's a different for your family. There's a different stress. But then you get to signing day, or you get to that, and that kind of that kind of seals up as well. Then you go into off-season time, and so you have these little mini seasons where you can kind of manage things as a family. Okay, we got to go hard for this amount of time. We know what the differences in family life and the differences at the office and all those different things. I think the biggest difference for me in high school, and I admire, man, I admire these high school guys. Uh, you know, especially <laughs> in Texas, and the, you know at Highland Park they go so hard. Uh, but, you know, you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with five to six to seven classes a day. And, um, you know, at some points in time, whether you're, everybody says, oh, PE's got to be the, the easiest job. But, you know, if you're a PE guy, you've got 60, 60 kids every 30 minutes. So you're never at the computer. You're never, you know, you're always moving yeah. around. And, and I think that that's the hardest thing for me to adjust to was that it just, it just keeps going. And those guys, man, they just battle. And they're up every day, and, and it doesn't stop until until that that last day of school. And so, um, I think that that's one of the things that, and you don't really have as much change. I mean, it's just you go straight into offseason, straight into that second sport. You're just grinding, grinding, grinding. So, you know, for these guys that, uh, um, you know, for these guys that say, oh, you know, high school must be easier than college. No, absolutely not. These guys in high school, I man, they they get after it and they they go really hard. And so. I think that's one of the biggest differences that, uh, you know, really admire these guys that coach high school football, they pour into the classroom, they pour into those things. So I think that probably be the biggest difference is just kind of the, the ebb and flow of the year. Um, some, some guys like that, you know, bell schedule and they like the consistency of that. And some guys like the recruiting aspects. So I think that you just kind of got to figure
0: out what you like best. And, yeah. and then, so I've seen kind of both sides. That makes sense. So you mentioned coaching at Highland Park. Um, <clears throat> we've had three previous guests on this podcast from Highland Park. Uh, Coach Bird, um, Coach Weber, Coach Leidner. Um, incredible guys. But I, So I want to ask you a question that um, we talked about with them. And was it like coaching with uh, a legend like Coach Randy Allen? Well, first of all, I can't vouch for those three guys
1: because they're terrible humans. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I can't believe I was around them for it. For one day, let alone four years. But no, those guys are incredible. A lot of good buddies there. And uh just hung out with Tristan last week. But um anyway, but I think that uh, you know, that was the one reason that I came to high school was to coach for Coach Allen. Mm. Uh, because I'd know I'd known Coach Allen for I don't know, eight or ten years through FCA and different things. And and um so when he called me with an opportunity that, you know, we just felt like it was perfect timing to jump on that. So it was a great opportunity. It's, 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 um, it's just Highland park. Highland park is a special place and and there's a lot of magic there and there's a lot of great kids and great people. And so it was a, it was, it was a great experience um, just being around him and, you know, coach Allen is like a lot of other um, great Christian coaches that are in college and high school. I think that he looks at things from the legacy standpoint, uh, mm. just like a lot of, a lot of coaches where he, you know, we we don't want to get offended by our football ability, but he says basically I just look for, I look for the best man, the best Christian guy, and he said the football kind of takes care of itself. So that's why you've had three incredible guys from Highland Park talking because Coach Allen he goes after he goes after great men, and so um, you know I've seen a lot of guys like that. I remember I remember uh, being at the ASCA convention one year, and I was blown away by the stage that Mark Richt had. He, had, mm. he was talking in front of 3,000 people, and again, you know, Matthew Stafford went to play for Mark Richt, and a lot of those guys like that, where they have a captive audience of all these coaches, and they could talk about anything, and I mean, he just gets up there and basically uses that stage to straight up share the gospel, and um, there was a lot of guys squirming, and a lot of guys thought it was going to be about football, but, uh, um, you know, he uses that stage, and I think that there's a lot of coaches of influence, like Coach Allen and um, that, you know, they, they want to hire the best people because they understand that uh, it may not be about the X's and O's at, at a lot of times it may Mm. be about life change and, and, um, and he trusts to know that the X's and O's will take care of itself for sure.
0: That's good. That's good. So is there an athlete or two you've coached that just from a pure athletic standpoint that just stands out to you? Yeah. Um,
1: when I was at Southwestern, I had a, I had a, uh, a safety by the name of Clarence Laster and um, he was a guy that uh, you know I picked up it was a, he was a juco guy and recruited him really hard and he came from a really disadvantaged background but he was he was thought his character was pretty great he was great around my kids and he was a good guy to coach but he was just one of those he was just one of those free kids who uh, learned really fast and did a lot of things and I think he had nine interceptions and about 100 tackles in one season on was just a great, uh, just a great athlete. You know, he's one of those guys who could backflip and and do all those different things. He was Just an incredible guy. But uh, for sure, a uh, a freak athlete. Another one that I had was actually at Highland Park was James Herring, and who's now playing at Harvard. You know, and James is a you know he's a very rare, very rare like 32 ACT, four point something GPA, but he's a 42 inch vertical and four wow. four hand time guy, and he's just he was just, uh, I called him a bullfrog because he could, you know, he could leap 12, 12 feet at a time and just do some crazy things. So, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to coach some se- several really
0: freakish athletes in the time. That's awesome. What about um, maybe an athlete that you've seen God use you in their life?
1: Yeah, um, when I was uh, in different places, and obviously God uses you in, in different ways at different places, Um, one comes to mind that I'm still in contact with who he's doing great things. He was a safety of mine. Um, I came, I did not recruit him. I came in, his name is Shane Scott. And, um, Shane was a, a safety of mine, um, who was there at Southwestern. Um, he was going to be a senior. So only had one year with him, but we got really close really fast. And, and I remember one day, uh, he, he had come to my office. He had sat down and we were visiting and, um, man, I don't know how God sparked the conversation, but we started talking about a couple of things. And, um, I used a, I am second video and mm. we just, we watched it for about 10 minutes together. And we, he had big tears coming down his eyes and talked about some of the things that were going on in his family and some of the things that were going on in his life. And, um, man, he got saved right there. Um, just wow. right there in my office. And, um we were able to get him baptized and and um uh, you know now he's doing well in business in, in Sacramento, California and he still every every year on his spiritual birthday he still you know sends me a message or texts me and says hey coach you know like man my life has completely changed all these different things and so that's one that that uh you know the just like the calling experience the timing was right it was such a, an incredible experience to to go through but uh, that was one that was, that was really special.
0: Man, that's a powerful testimony. Just a reminder to always be, um, be ready. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's good. So let me ask you about, about your wife, uh, Carrie, she is in ministry full time, but also, um, you know, wife and mom. So talk a little bit about her ministry, um, and what, what, what it's all about.
1: Yeah. So, um, Again, we, you know, she's probably been doing um, full-time ministry for about nine years. Mm-hmm. And again, it was, you know, we talk about calling, you know, it's not like she set out to do that. <laughs> you know, um, she was an apparel merchandising degree at, at Oklahoma State. She's pretty successful in business and the things that she's done. And we remember where we were when she kind of just literally came under the, the burden of the calling of of doing that. So it just kind of started and then grew and grew and grew. Um, and so, yeah, she, uh, she has Carrie Trotter.com and becoming the becoming ministry. And she, uh, she speaks to obviously women's groups or churches or different things like that. She has an online ministry with an app and online content. And, um, so obviously, you know, everybody says they outpunted their kit coverage, but, uh, that's for sure the case for me. So, um, every conversation that I get into, they're like, Hey, that's great. Let's talk about your wife a little bit. So. Um, <laughs> But, you know, she's she's incredible, um, and, you know, she will be the first one to self-proclaim that she's she's a coach's wife. She does that very well, and um, she uh, feels like that is something that um, she has a huge ministry in, you know, with our players and with fellow coaches' wives, and, you know, she's kind of been on every stage of that. You know, I remember, um, you know, when we were at, we, we kind of coached every kind of kid, and I say we because she's coaching them as well, but. Kind of coached every kind of kid, so I remember um, we were at a we were at university, and some of these kids, their their moms never get to see them play, and um, mm. you know they live their moms are living in Florida, and they, and they they're going to school in Oklahoma or Texas or wherever. And um, I remember she had Carrie. We had Cade was like I don't know seven. Ainsley was like five or no, Cade was like five. Ainsley was like two, and then Shelby was like two months old, and we were in the season. And um, we had an away game. It was about four and a half hours away from where we, were, where we lived. And one of my corners had his mom come in for the only game that she was going to ever see him play. And, you know, Kerry just championed, you know, never met her. Said, so hop in the car. They drove four and a half hours with she had three kids, got a two-month-old baby, and just talked the whole way. And let, he got to, she got to see him play at an away game. He got, like, two picks and had a great game. And it was just a life changer for that mom. Um, but you know, I, I just kind of brag on my wife cause there's a lot of people that would have made a ton of excuses, you know, like, you know, I got a two month old baby, you know, you can yeah. think for yourself, all that kind of stuff. And, and she just, she just does it. She just does it. And, um, I can't even explain it, but, um, it's awesome. We kind of have an ebb and flow to what, what she does. And, um, since we've been here in Arkansas like, in the last fall, she, you know, she, if she needed to f- fly out, we just, uh, drop her off the airport and my kids are in it, you know, they, they love it because they know that, uh, we kind of live life as a, a mission What we call a mission mentality where it's not a destination. It's just where God has you. And, and, um, and so, you know, they're hooked up with that vision. They're hooked up with their own vision. And so she does an incredible job. I can't even really explain how, um, how much she does or all the things that she does, but, uh, God is using her in incredible ways. And, um, so it's it's been it's been awesome, and I wouldn't have any other way because um, she is uh, first and foremost a mother, um, coach's wife, preacher, minister, and um, she does she does great things, you know, incredible things, and she she goes at it hard, and she's had to go through a lot, and and I just really, obviously, every day you wake up and you're like, man, how on earth did God put me with her? So mm. that's a that's a good thing. <laughs> she must have been mm-hmm. blind and deaf at the same time. So.
0: <laughs> So, if, if, if a listener wants to connect with her ministry, how would they find it? Actually, I mean, as we're recording this, she's launched a new website even today. So, how would a listener get connected with her ministry? Yeah, there's a lot of coaches wise that um, kind of connect with her with,
1: with what she's doing. And um, it's just carrotrotrotter.com, C A R I, trotter.com. And she released a new website today. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, we've stepped on the faith like six years ago, but a lot's happened in that time. So, she has an app, which is the Becoming Ministry. You can find that on the App Store, and um, but she does a lot of a lot of content there, especially a lot for coaches' wives, and goes through different things. So there's a lot of different ways to find her, but those are the first two: um, Instagram, Twitter, all those different right. things. That's all from the website. So, but
0: uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a big day. <laughs> that is that's huge. Yeah, so. With all that going on, coaching and then, you know, your wife's ministry, being a father, how do you balance the demands of your career with being a husband and a dad? That's a great question. Um, you know,
1: obviously, there's so many guys that uh, that do it better than me or so many dads and moms that, that, that uh, are killing life just like uh, we're trying to do. But um, I think that we just try to, you know, one of the things that we always said about how many kids we have, uh, all those different things is so that we wanted to have as many kids as we could be completely intentional with. Mm. And we felt like we would know that that number. And so, you know, right now we're sitting at three. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh I think that, you know, with the what like I said with about mission mentality, I think we view all of our kids' lives from, you know, what are they, what is God specifically calling them to be? What was he specifically calling them to do? Where right where they're at right where their school is, what activities, what do they feel like their passions are? Um, mm-hmm. And we just try to encourage those. Um, we just try to encourage those and be with them. We we kind of joke around and say we do a lot of processing in our family, you know, like, okay, let's let's talk about what happened today. Let's talk about what, what each what each kid is going through. What do you feel like God's doing? And we've had a lot of changes, you know, in the last year, you know, um, leaving Highland Park. And that was a place where they were embedded as a family and, or we were as embedded as a family and, and and coming to arkansas and kind of just jumping right in um i think that one of the things that we do as a family that is uh you know people joke around they're like man you guys really jump in there and get to know people real quick and we're like yeah we're a coaching family we could be gone in in six months or you know we we could be here for 20 years you never know so we don't have that luxury to just kind of everybody's like, well, give yourself time. You know, we were like, we don't have a lot of time. So we just, we want to get in and pour in and and find out where God's working and, and be a part of that. And so, um, as far as being a dad, um, you know, I just try to, I'm probably a little bit too, too on the coach side and want to coach up the kids and, and do all that kind of stuff. But I feel like, um, we always joke. We, we said we've had three firstborn kids. So, mm. you know, all three of them are, are fiercely independent and um, all all three of them are leaders and we appreciate that. And like with our family, we just want to try to influence as many people as we can have our home be somewhere that people can come as a refuge. People can come as a, as a solace and, and hopefully lead people to Christ in everything that we're doing. So that means if it's 13 year old baseball or, you know, seventh grade football, or if it's dance or, you know, for eighth, an eighth year old girl, or, or if it's soccer for an 11 year old girl so be it. We want to lead people to, to Christ and everything we're trying to do. And we probably fail at that miserably most of the time, but, um, you know, try to try to do it the right way as much as we can.
0: That's awesome. That's a great mentality to have though, a great, um, perspective on your kids activities. Um, you know, because I I think a lot of people, it's sports can or kids' activities as a whole can get out of hand with exactly. the wrong perspective. Yeah,
1: that's good. Exactly. Yeah, it's kids' sports, man. It's it's a uh, it's a fine line. Um, You know, it's a fine line with what you do and how you do it. But you know, we always heard something, um, and my son and our family, we we are kind of <laughs> obsessed with Tim Tebow. Some people, some people don't care for him. Some people really love him, but, but my son's reading his second book right now. And, you know, some of the things that he talks about are so, you know, so true and some of the things he's had to go through and Mm -hmm. and use that as, as an example, because everybody thinks it's, you know, really easy for him, but he talks about all the persecution he's gone through and all those different things. And so, you know, we've been able to, to kind of lead people out in that and, and, and kind of, you know, just kind of talk to our kids about what does it look like to, um, you know, be on mission in your sports? You know, who, who are you, who are you influencing? Because we always, we always say, you know, if Tim, if Tim Tebow is on a three and eight team in the middle of Florida, um, you know, at some, you know, some school that nobody knows about, I mean, nobody's top 10 Googling, searching his scriptures on his eye black. That's right. And, and so, there is a place for excellence in the things that you're called to do. You know, I mean, Mm. you know, when you, if you win, if you win, you get favor and if you win, you get platform. And, you know, if Tony Dungy doesn't win the super bowl in 2006 as the first black American head football coach, then he doesn't get the chance to stand up there and say, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. And we believe in that, you know, we believe that the vehicle of athletics um, is a, is a, platform to be able to share the message and so in order to do that um you you don't just bottom line you don't have as much platform when you're 0 and 10 Mm. you have more you have more platform when you're whatever you're doing you're excellent at and you're the best at and so um that's not a drive that's not a pressure but that's definitely something that we pray for if our kids are going to do something we want them to do it well and understand hey if god's called you to you know, be on the debate team, then you, if you can be the best debater out there, then you're going to be in a good situation to be able to, to influence more people. So it's just a matter of perspective of why you're doing what you're doing. I think that's the only reason we have our
0: kids in anything. That's very good. Know your, you yeah, know, why you do it. Cause I, I tell my son all the time, um, all three of our kids, but especially being real active in sports that, People are watching you, mm-hmm. you know, they're watching how you act, how you react. Um, mm-hmm. Do you proclaim to be a Christian? You're either going to get made fun of, you get questioned. So, you know, always be ready um, and, because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when mm-hmm. know, some type of persecution or something. I mean, not to the level of, that we see in other parts of the world, but um, you will, it's going to come. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's a he's a big Tim Tim Tebow guy too. He's read both of his books, and you know, yeah. it's it's amazing how like like you said, how a guy like Tim Tebow can impact young people, even still today. Absolutely, and just um, been really um,
1: encouraged by some of the things he's led people to do, and he's using that influence because of that platform and because of his success and his drive. And so I I definitely am a big believer in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, I hadn't thought about it the way you said it, but if he would have been 0 and ten or whatever, uh one and nine, then his influence is not out there. He's a, still a great mind. quarterback with a lot of influence on
1: his own team, but uh you know, nobody knows about Tim Tebow if he's not a I guess did he win the Heisman twice or no he won it once. But uh yeah. you know, it's just a it's a crazy deal. But um, we just kind of use that example and you know, then try to do the best with Okay, we got to balance out what goes with our life. What's the lane that we're running in? Um, you know, what's what's where are we headed as a family? Because I think that's the the biggest thing. How you balance one kid's sport from another, or you know, my calling. You know, obviously, um, what does it look like? You know, we've got fall Saturdays in the fall. You know, they're taking and we're going to we're going to football games. You know, we want to be a part of Hendrix College football and our family and all those different things. So this last year it was a weird deal how in Arkansas in seventh grade, you got some games on Saturdays. So it was, it was tough for us because uh, my son was literally playing seventh grade football at the same time I was coaching a college football game. So it was the first time we'd ever been split as a family. And, um, it was rough. It was rough. It was hard for us. And, um, so we had to kind of work through that. And obviously this year it'll be a little bit more concise, but, uh, we we've definitely gone through a lot of changes and had to had to work through some stuff.
0: I mean, you, we talked a little bit about this just now, but sports being a platform. So, there's a coach or student athlete that is listening that is struggling with how to use that platform. Mm-hmm. What's what's one piece of advice or encouragement you would offer them to to step to step it up? And realize that they they have a platform and to use it for, for good. Whew, that's a good one. You know, I think that one of my big,
1: I think it's something guys always used in my in my life to just kind of redirect me is the question of I think that the, I'm speaking to coaches here, mm-hmm. but I think that, I think that the enemy always wants to get coaches to choose. I think mm-hmm. that there's a big – there's always a big – with coaches, there's always a big choice. Based, this is what you hear in your ear, and I know that there's a, hopefully a lot of coaches that are nodding their heads when they're hearing this, but it's – I mean, you can be successful and alive in your calling. You can have that, but then – and an influence. But your wife, your kids are going to suffer, and you're not going to be the dad and the, the the husband that you need to be. Or you can – forgo those professional dreams and football dreams that you feel like you're called to. And you can be a great dad and you can be a great husband, but you're going to be in a dead end job that you hate. And those are your two choices. And I think that the enemy is always messing with coaches with that. He's always messing with them. And I think that, uh, I think it's a lie. I don't think that God is an either or God. I think he's an, and this God. And I think that, uh, you know, that's one of the things that, that I hope that when I get done with this whole thing, Later, much later on in coaching that I can always um, point to that I'm just going to be dumb enough to believe that God has both those things for me. I'm going to be mm. dumb enough to believe that God can use me professionally and be the best defensive coordinator I can be and be a great recruiter and I can win games, win championships, but I can also be a great husband, a great father, and I don't have to sacrifice either one of them because if Ephesians 3.20 is correct, then that's what kind of God he is. And I just don't think that you have to sacrifice for those things either way. And um, I think that when coaches get discouraged and life is throwing a lot of things at them, I think that they feel like they have to choose um, or they and they make the decisions off that. And um, so I think that one of those things that I would encourage them with is that, um, you know, one of the things that we we prayed about and we said, you know, we just <sighs> – you know, when we get with we're making decisions as a family, or coming to Hendricks, or whatever. You said it has to be five yeses. It has to be. It has to be five yeses. It may not feel like five yeses, or God may take you through some things, but you got to understand that my obedience with what I want to do in football carries on to carries obedience because she's affected by those things. She's affected by where she ministers. You know, my kids are affected. It, it affects football. You know, what I mean my son was ball boy for two years on two state championship teams working with Chandler Morris and John Stephen Jones and Tristan Weber and all those different things every day of his life. And so, and he comes here, it's a completely different situation. Mm. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand that you're going to go through some things, but you have to, you have to believe at the bottom of it that God does not want to make you sacrifice something at the altar or something else. I just don't believe in that theology. And from everything that I read in the word and all of the experiences in my life, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's the case. And, um, and so that's why we, we choose to continue to dream big dreams and do big things because, um, we just don't think, feel like God is a guy that just wants you to settle for this or settle for that, or, or just get in a situation where, well, this is okay. You can, you can be okay with this, but this is going to have to just, this side is going to have to go down a little bit because you just, I just don't have capacity as a big guy to be able to take care of all those things at once. And um, so my encouragement would be for for coaches that um, they're called to coaching, they're called to their wives, they're called their families. There's no reason that a big guy can't take care of all three of those things.
0: That's good. That's very good. I'm writing that one down. That's good. So let me ask you, um, a lot of people, have what they call a life verse or favorite scripture. So I was going to ask you, do you have that favorite scripture or is there one that God has used in your life recently that you'd share with us to encourage us?
1: You know, my life verse, I would probably say is Romans 12 2, which means, which is do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So you can test and approve what Mm -hmm. God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Um, And it turns out that's my life first for a reason, because I probably have more struggles renewing my mind than anything else. Mm. You know, I I just have a hard time with it. Um, My mind can run away. Um, It can go to bad places fast and stop starting believing. I You know, like I said, I think that's my conviction, to encourage coaches with that, because I struggle with that. Um, And and so I think that's – been a huge verse for me, you know, always to remember that God's will is good, pleasing and perfect. Mm. Um it's not good it's not his good will and you just got to deal with it if it's not pleasing and it's not perfect. Um and so those things are huge. Um I'm kind of a big Old Testament guy. Joshua is my favorite book of the Bible. Uh he was a great leader. Um he was pretty much undefeated and um And, uh, you know, it's not about a verse, but I always remember where it says, um, you know, it's talking about Moses and the tent of meeting and, and Moses was a guy who met with the Lord and did great things. But it says that Joshua stayed longer in the tent of meeting when Moses left. And Joshua was just a guy who obedience was the first and foremost thing in his life. And he was a warrior. So, you know, I, I think I, I take a lot from some of the old Testament
0: stories and, and, um, all those different things, but I
1: definitely would say Romans 12 2 is my life verse.
0: That's a good one. I, I'm with you on that. I need that constant reminder of the renewing of the mind. Because yeah, my mind is <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people. It's, it's not is not always good. I know. Uh, I know. I, I get in some
1: stinking thinking a lot.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one. I, that's I need that. You know, I, I I need to read that one probably every morning. I go to it quite <laughs> a bit. But it's probably one I need to, even though I haven't memorized, it's something I probably need to physically look at every morning before I leave home. I probably have a um, lot less issues, if you will. Yep. One, yep. One, one last question. So, you know, as a follower of Christ, he asks us to be all in. You hear that term in sports all the time. I mean, and everybody knows what it means to be all in. Clemson had on the chin straps, people have it on t-shirts, but you know, Christ is very clear that that's what He requires of us too—to deny ourselves and follow Him. So, what does that look like in your daily walk, uh, Toby, to be all in for for Christ? Um, that's a great question. I think that
1: um, I think that being all in would mean all, all in with with your inconsistencies, all in with your fail, all in with mm-hmm. the the failures failures that you know you have, all in with that you're gonna. You know just because you're gonna you know i may I may hurt one of my players you know I may you know rub him the wrong way i may I may lead him in the wrong direction by something I say or I'm not in the right spot or you know um uh, I treat him differently than somebody else or i may i may you know not be in a good spot mentally for my wife or you know I'm not in a good spot for my kids or whatever, but it doesn't change the fact that being all in means that you have to understand grade You have to understand, you know, you're not going to disqualify yourself from your calling because um, you fail sometimes. And I think that in our society, I think that it's big in football. I think that guys, I see this from a lot of my players, is over the last 15 years is that kids don't want to lead because they're sandbagging for their failure in the future. Mm. They, they don't want to be the guy that toes the line because they know that somewhere in the future, they're going to fail. And then they don't want to be held accountable for that failure. And they, and they don't want to feel that, that, that accountability. So they'd rather just not lead in the first place. Mm. And I find myself doing that as well. You know, I mean, if I'm looking ahead and knowing I can't be perfect at this or whatever, so I might as well not even do it. then, then it takes me out of, of being all in for Christ and everything that I'm doing because, you know, you got to dare greatly. you got to understand, no, I'm not, I'm not qualified for this. And nobody's ever called to to big things or, or qualified to, to, to be the people that they need to be. It's only by God's grace. It's only by his, his mercy and his leadership and that he uses broken and fallen people. And I think that being all in for me is that, you know, Hey, we're like, again, we're just dumb enough to be able to say, Hey, you know, God wants to use a trotter tribe to do this and we're going to do it. You know, whether, mm. whether or not we're perfect at it or not is not, the, is not the question. And, um, I think that if we can always stay in that, if I can always stay in that, you know what, God's going to take me where he wants me. He's going to teach me what he needs to teach me in football. I'm going to be performance. I've been on the side of being one in 10. I've been on the side of, of going back to back state championships. That's not the question. It's just a matter of, Can I stay in the game? Can I believe that God is just, is, is, wants to use me? And I think that's being all in is, is just being, being a guy who's going to be able to say, no, no matter what happens, we're going to, we're going to stay at this pace and we're going to be all in no matter what happens. And I think that's the test of time and test of circumstances and all those different things.
0: I love that. That's a lot easier uh, for me to write it down and say it than it is for me to do it every day. You know, cause a lot yeah, of times, absolutely. like you said, that fear of failure or start trusting my own ability and my plan, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, but like you said, if just trust God and he's going to lead us, you know, he's got to let him just be obedient. Like you said, Joshua. Yeah. This wasn't my deal in the first place. If I'm getting called to coach
1: on the, on the porch of t it wasn't, it wasn't my deal in the first place. It was his deal. So he's taken me out of it. I was out of coaching for a little bit and got back in and. And I think that God, it's it's His deal. So if we're just if we're just dumb enough to obey and just can stay in there and trust exactly what He wants um, and believe that He that He is for our good, um,
0: that's the only way you can stay all in. That's right. That's good, man. I appreciate it. Um, I know it's a busy time for you, but I appreciate you you know t- taking a few minutes to sh- share a little bit about your story and encourage us. I know I've been absolutely. Encouraged.
1: Man, you're awesome and and this is such an encouragement to listen to these guys and and uh, just thank you so much for the opportunity and and you're doing great things. Keep going. Thanks, man.
0: Wow, we covered a lot. Thank you again to Toby for taking time of a busy season of recruiting to, to join me to share his story. And I hope you were as encouraged as I was just so much. I'm looking over notes and Um, Just the thing that stands out in my notes is where he talked about that in everything you do is you need to be intentional, live with the mission mentality, and that also to lead people to Christ in all that you do, and that goes back to always living on mission and remembering why you do what you do, and that's just to lead people to Christ. It doesn't matter whether at home, as a husband, a dad... If you're a coach in the business world, a wife, a mom, no matter where you are in life, your number one role is to lead people to Christ in everything that you say and you do. I enjoy talking about his wife's ministry, um, the Becoming ministry, um, and he mentioned how to get to her website, but um, he coaches specifically, he talked about that the enemy wants you to choose between success and family, but that's a lie And that's the same is true for for many of us, whether you're a coach or not, that the enemy wants us to to focus on um, our careers and and success, what the world defines success, and and that that means kind of setting aside our family. But, But that's not true because God has you right where you are. No matter what profession you're in, he's got you right where you are for a purpose. So again, know your why and just lead people to Christ. Live with that mission mentality. Just lead well. Take risk. And above all, an encouragement is to trust God in everything. Don't trust my own ability. Don't trust your ability. Trust God in everything. So I hope you were encouraged. That's just my recap of the conversation. Just from my notes, there's so much more that I wrote down. Uh, but again, I just want to thank Toby for taking time to join us. And I'd ask you to share this episode with family member or friends, someone that needs to be encouraged today. I know there's somebody in your life that needs to be encouraged. So just forward this episode to them. We love to hear from you. Go to our Facebook page, All In Sports Outreach, or our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. You can find out who we are, why we do what we do, and there's opportunities to pray for us, opportunities to serve with us, and opportunities to give. But most of all, we thank you for your prayers, your continued support, and encouragement. And lastly... If this episode encouraged you, go to iTunes, leave us that five-star review. The more reviews we get, the greater the platform to continue sharing these life stories, sharing the message of Christ through testimony using media. So thank you again. We appreciate your time and your your sharing these and, and, and just continued listening and support. Until next time.